Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another episode of the Mav Puck Cast. I am John. I am here once again with Bridget. Uh, and we got to experience an exciting series uh, at Baxter Arena this weekend against the Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs, a big conference matchup. But before we get uh, to our breakdown of that series, we've got to talk about our official merchandise sponsor uh, for the Mav Podcast this season, Lawler's Custom Sportswear. Bridge, you and I visited the Lawler's Custom Sportswear booth uh, this uh, weekend at Baxter Arena, as we typically do during uh, home hockey weekends. And you picked up uh, some merchandise. You say I picked up some merchandise. I picked up some merchandise for you, and I picked up some merchandise for Scotland. I see you're sporting that uh, Ludkey Brothers 771 hat. And Scotland got herself a new little beanie. Yeah, we were uh, looking uh, at the merchandise and Scotland found uh, a gray uh, Maverick beanie that she liked. Uh, and I wanted to get one of the Ludkey Brothers uh, 771 hats that they are uh, selling through Lawler's Custom Sportswear. And Bridget uh, got both Scotland and I our new merchandise. So uh, thanks, Mom. <laughs> You're welcome. Next, next time it's my turn. And if you would like to get a new beanie, one of the uh, Ludkey Brothers 771 caps, or any other of the uh, great Maverick merchandise that uh, Pat Lawler has for sale each season uh, at his store and uh, at the Baxter Arena booth, uh, you can find uh, information on store hours and uh, information on the merchandise available at lawlerscustom.com. But... Turning to uh, that weekend series against Minnesota Duluth, you know, last weekend on the podcast, you and I uh, talked about our trip up to St. Cloud, where we saw UNO win a thrilling game in overtime on Friday night and then win an exciting uh, shootout on Saturday night up there. And UNO comes back to Baxter Arena brimming with uh, momentum. We're hoping it's going to carry over going into that first period on Friday night, 536 into the first. Jack Randall gets a shorthanded goal, uh, assist to Joe LeMay, key tone setter for UNO early bridge. Yeah, it looked kind of bleak for Omaha when Michael Abgral took a five-minute major for boarding. Uh, with just 17.33 left in the first period. But what a turnaround of fortunes, uh, as someone said on Twitter, oh, how the turntables have turned with Jack Randall uh, getting that shorthanded goal and really setting Baxter Arena uh, on fire. Oh, yeah, an exciting moment to get that uh, get that shorty for UNO. Uh, and great to be able to kill off that five-minute power play because you never know what's going to happen. Uh, when a team has uh, that all-you-can-eat power play against you. And then 13-10 into the first, uh, D-man Kirby Proctor fires it in from the blue line, puts UNO up 2 to nothing. I know you were impressed with uh, Kirby Proctor uh, all weekend, Bridge. I sure was. He really made the most of a, a really key play by Zach Erdahl and assists to Nolan Sullivan on that play too. But firing it in from the blue line, we always say put pucks on net and good things happen. And that certainly was the case for Kirby on Friday night. Yeah. You know, two of our veteran 
players uh, performing early. And that's what you need this time of year is you get into this stretch run in the NCHC. You need those guys who are grizzled veterans, who have a lot of conference play under their belt to step up and kind of take the team on their shoulders and, and, and pull the underclassmen with them and get things done. Uh, with a little under three minutes left in the first, UMD's Matthew Perkins narrows UNO's lead two to one. It's two to one going into intermission. The second period was scoreless, but Duluth had what looked like a goal 7-15 into the second period. Yeah, this was an interesting for uh, those of us who sit in section 216 because we had a pretty good view of this. And uh, Jolene was helping with camera action on Friday night. We, we had a lot of people walking around during play. And she happened to capture that play on her phone. And when we looked back, we agreed with uh, Director of Hockey Operations, Brian Suslow. He got the message down to the UNO bench that that was a potential offsides. And Coach Gabinet issued a challenge that ultimately was successful. Two to one UNO after that second period, but 3.09 into the third period, uh, Tanner Ludke puts a rebound in from a shot by Jack Randall. It's 3-1 to one UNO. Uh, good to see uh, Tanner Ludke uh, get another point in the game. Yeah, speaking of points, Tanner Ludke extended his eight-game point streak with that, that goal, and what a key goal it was for the Mavs to give them that ever-important two-goal lead. Absolutely. It was a chippy third period. Uh, uh, lots of extracurricular activities on the ice during that third. Uh, it was a heated matchup, but like we said, these are heated conference matchups right now. Nine penalties called in that third period. 1806 into the period uh, with the uh, Minnesota Duluth goaltender pulled. UNO Zach Erdahl gets the empty net goal, puts UNO up four to one essentially seals the deal there uh, in the uh, closing minutes of the game. Just to add a cherry on top uh, of that uh, frosting, uh, Jimmy Glenn with about 20 seconds left in the game, puts the puck in on Minnesota Duluth, Zach Stasekall. The Mavs win 5-1. to one. I would say, Bridge, probably one of the best performances we've seen offensively from uh, UNO this season. I'd agree with that assessment. Definitely had a lot of scoring opportunities. There were several opportunities that didn't go in. Erdahl had a breakaway in the second that easily could have put them up another one there. But UNO was relentless in their attack on Friday night and just kept pouring on the goals. And it was great to see. So going into the Saturday game, we were hopeful. You and I both picked uh, a sweep for UNO on last week's episode of the Mab Puckcast. But you never know what's going to happen. And like we said, it was chippy on Friday night. 17 seconds into the first, defenseman Kirby Proctor again shoots the puck in from the FNBO logo. It's one to nothing UNO early bridge. Yeah, uh, that was Kirby's, of course, second goal of the weekend, his fifth on the season. Mueller won the faceoff and Kirby just snapped a shot from uh, from way out there and just uh, great to see him having success this season. Uh, last half of the first, it felt like the Bulldogs really were kind of controlling play in the latter stages of that first period. 14:38 into the first, uh, UMD's Connor McMenamin fires it in from the slot and ties the game up one to nothing. It looked like maybe it was going to be a back and forth game there. And then 16:56 into that first period, so just a couple minutes later, uh, 
junior Zach Erdahl, who you and I have been impressed with, uh, puts UNO back up two to one. Uh, he picks up the trash down low. A uh, great goal for Zach Erdahl. Yeah, he's really uh, come in clutch this uh, second half of the season. He has seven goals on the season, and that was, of course, his second of the weekend. And five of those seven goals have come since the first of the year. So he is definitely a key contributor to the Mavs offense and couldn't come at a better time, John. Absolutely. So happy he transferred to UNO from Wisconsin. Uh, assist to Matt Miller and Nolan Sullivan uh, on that goal. So UNO was up two to one. So going into that second period, only one goal scored in the second, but it was a big one. 837 in defenseman Nolan Krenzen fired in a shot from the blue line. Tyler Rollwagon deflects it into the net to put UNO up three to one. Really, really good position for UNO to be in and a really important goal. That that two goal gap, I think, was really important in kind of uh, holding off uh, UMD. Great timing for Rollwagon to get his third goal of the season. He's really come on strong these last couple games as well. He has a goal and an assist in the last four games. Um, and Cam Mitchell got an assist on that one as well. So like you said, really timely goal and uh, helped pad Omaha's lead at a time when they really needed it. Yeah, nice to see Tyler doing well. Nice to see a guy who's kind of down roster that we don't talk about a lot. Cam Mitchell uh, really uh, really had some big contributions this weekend. So that's great to see. UNO up 3-1 to one going into the third period. UMD tried to mount a comeback. 139 in with the team skating four on four. UMD's Blake Biondi narrows the lead to three to two. It was kind of nip-tuck back and forth. Certainly UNO had opportunities. Minnesota Duluth had opportunities. But 1833 into the period after uh, Minnesota Duluth uh, had pulled their goaltender. Omaha's Jesse Lansdell gets an empty netter shot from deep in our defensive zone uh, to put the Mavs up four to two late. Uh, what did you think about UNO's performance uh, in that third period, Bridge? Well, one of the things that was really different about Saturday night is the lack of penalties called. And you and I talked about that going into this series that obviously uh, UMD has a really uh, strong power play unit. And so to keep UMD scoreless on their power play on Friday night. They had three opportunities and didn't convert on any of them. And then to basically have the officials put their whistles away on Saturday night, I think really benefited Omaha. Um, they also benefited from the strong goaltending play of Simon Lacozzi. He recorded his 1,000th save uh, on Friday night, but he came up with some really key ones, especially in that third period on Saturday night to keep the Mavs in it. Yeah, absolutely. Only two penalties called the entire night, and those penalties were on, uh, they were roughing penalties on Tanner Ludke and Luke Lowheit at the uh, end of that second period, and that's why the teams were uh, skating uh, four on four to start uh, the third period. So kind of crazy, you know, one night you've got all kinds of penalties, Saturday night you don't. And I got to tell you, as fans, you kind of uh, kind of love to see that uh, five on five hockey. I know I do. So, uh, so yeah, um, I will tell you after that uh, Lansdale empty net goal with one minute left, UMD narrowed the lead to four to three with the extra uh, attacker on the ice. Uh, it was kind of crazy. And then there was this kind of bizarre sequence of events with uh, 
puck drop on a face-off, which did seem to kind of be an issue for uh, the NCAA. The Zebras this weekend? Yeah. <laughs> they seem to have an issue with dropping the puck this weekend, but we've seen that before. That's nothing new. But, yes, with about uh, 2.5 seconds left in regulation, there was a puck drop and then um, almost an immediate whistle. Then they put the time back on the clock again, and so we had to relive those nail-biter last couple seconds over again. But fortunately, the Mavs were able to hold off and get that key 4-3 to three victory over Duluth, securing the sweep on the weekend. Yeah, big, big sweep. Two regulation wins, which is not only huge for the points race in the conference standings, but is also big for uh, the pairwise rankings, which uh, is how the uh, NCAA uh, tournament uh, is determined. So our first nchc sweep of the season i know some people are going to look to last week and they're going to be like well but didn't we sweep st cloud we won in overtime on friday and then we tied after the three on three overtime on saturday in that st cloud series and then we won a shootout for the extra conference points so not officially a sweep but uh big big sweep on the weekend and uh bridget and i were excited the fans were were thrilled with this performance and certainly uh the coaching staff and the player have to be um excited especially after that uh denver series uh, at baxter arena a couple weeks ago so uh big sweep for you and any final thoughts on the series bridge uh i I just want to give a shout out to all the fans in attendance both nights especially friday night on that big stage of uh, national television coverage on CBS Sportsnet. Um, We were watching back some of the highlights, and you can hear that UNO chant echoing through Baxter Arena. Fan support is really a key for this team. They feed on the crowd energy. Uh, Mike Gabinette and several of the players in the postgame interviews both mentioned that that helps give them a little extra bump. So as we come down to the end of this season with four more home games remaining, I just want to encourage all fans to make sure that they're uh, in their seats and getting loud. Absolutely right. And uh, Saturday night was a uh, was a sellout game, too. So big crowds all weekend long. Uh, great for the players. Great for the atmosphere and the vibe. A lot of fun. But Bridge, we've got to turn to our players of the week. Who did you like this weekend in UNO sweep against Minnesota Duluth at Baxter Arena? Well, as you mentioned, when we were doing the rundown of the games, there was a lot to like out of the players this this weekend. We had multiple guys with uh, multiple points on the weekend. Um, last week, my player pick, Jack Randall, of course, stayed hot, which we love to see that from him. But uh, I'm going to choose somebody who had a really standout weekend, not just uh, with his offensive performance, but also defensively, and that's your grizzled veteran graduate defenseman Kirby Proctor with a four-point weekend. You know, in his final season for UNO, it's uh, it's neat to see him having success here and uh, making a difference for UNO down the stretch. So that's uh, that's awesome. Five goals and six assists uh, for the D-man this season. Uh, we absolutely love Kirby Proctor, and uh, that is a great pick. Uh, 
I've got to go with sophomore forward uh, Tyler Rollwagon. He had a big goal on Saturday night, as we uh, mentioned uh, during our uh, breakdown segment there, uh, to put UNO up three to one. And I think that was really critical for UNO uh, coming out with the win on uh, Saturday night. Uh, he also set up what was almost a goal for sophomore forward uh, Cam Mitchell. So it's nice to see some of those guys that we don't uh, that we don't constantly drool over in the lineup doing well and having success and he's coming along really well uh, as a sophomore three goals and five assists on the season I was wearing my uh, lucky roll wagon jersey that I uh, got in the leap for a cure auction last season the Mavs have not lost since I've worn that jersey this season so uh, I pull it out when I uh, think the boys uh, need a big win bridge yeah the the lucky roll wagon jersey that should be hanging in the roll wagon family rec room uh as you put it once <laughs> absolutely right you know every every so often you'll run into parents in the lobby or when we're at road games we'll run into the parents and so we've run into the roll wagon family before and they they love seeing the jersey and i feel so bad because i feel like it should be in the roll wagon family rec room with uh, all of the other uh, tyler roll wagon uh, memorabilia that i'm sure that they have but great picks lots of great performances uh this weekend in particular from uh, veteran players like Jack Randall, Jimmy Glenn had a big weekend. Uh, it's nice to see that. Uh, nice to see that happen for the Mavs. But we've got to turn to our things you missed at Baxter Arena. And uh, one of the things that I have been meaning to point out is that uh, during the second half of this season, the figure skating club of Omaha has been back uh, to perform during intermission. They've had uh, a couple of skaters since uh, the beginning of the year, but Saturday nights, uh, the figure skating club of Omaha had multiple skaters on the ice because they, uh, they did a little routine medley from frozen on ice. What did you think of that? I know frozen is uh, one of our favorite uh, Disney musicals. It is. And you know, uh, we've talked in the past about how fun it is to have little kid hockey on the ice during the intermissions. And there were a lot of little kids from the figure skating club of uh, Omaha that were on the ice. We also had Anna and Elsa and, and Olaf. And uh, it was an opportunity for kind of a fun sing-along for the fans as well. So uh, again, I don't think it's necessarily uh, something that I, I think they should do every weekend, but once or twice a season, if they want to put on a, a play on ice, we'll take it because uh, it turned out to be pretty lucky for the Mavs. Absolutely right. I love the creative thinking of Mike West and company who handled the marketing uh, in UNO athletics. So it's kind of a neat deal. You know, that's not something we see normally when we uh, go around uh, college hockey. So that's kind of a fun deal. I think fans really enjoy it. And uh, yeah, great. So a great job by the uh, figure skating club of Omaha. We enjoy seeing their uh, skaters perform during intermissions at Baxter arena. And uh, for the first time in forever bridge, that's all we've got for our things you missed at Baxter Arena segment. But there is something that we're going to be missing long term in the future, and that uh, is going to be the departure of game MC Andrew Rogers. You all will know Andrew Rogers. If you don't know him by name, you'll know him uh, as the uh, young, enthusiastic guy on the ice. Uh, who shouts, make some noise. He always brings a lot of energy in his MC duties uh, during the game. 
You and I love Andrew Rogers. I know he can be an acquired taste for some fans, but he's a really good guy. We went to one of the uh, UNO Maverick events that uh, Hurt at Sports, which is the company that uh, that uh, Andrew Rogers works for at the uh, Hurt at Sports Bar in La Vista. And uh, we got a chance to chat with Andrew uh, at that event. Uh, he chatted with us about an hour uh, this last fall at that event. Uh, and it was neat to catch up with him, get to know him a little bit better. And uh, he is uh, not going to be uh, handling the MC duties at uh, UNO hockey games. I'm sad to see him go. Uh, like you said, uh, there was kind of a running joke. The first couple times that he was out there, I would tweet, you know, make some noise with lots of Z's and exclamation points. But uh, when you really need the crowd fired up, Andrew could be counted on to do that. I loved how he got the jersey with make some noise on it uh, and just leaned into that. What a great guy with a great future ahead of him. He definitely will be missed um, and always will be part of Maverick hockey history. Yeah, not exactly sure what the future holds uh, for Andrew Rogers, but uh, it's been great uh, to see his contributions at UNO hockey games. Uh, a good guy. Good to get to know him. Uh, he's part of Maverick hockey lore now. So someday down the road bridge, we're going to be saying, Hey, you remember uh, Andrew Rogers at the game? He'd do the make some noise and he had make some noise on the back of his uh, UNO Jersey. Uh, we uh, wish him all the best. Hopefully we'll uh, see him around Baxter Arena soon. But before our next series at Baxter Arena, the Mavericks hit the road again, this time to Kalamazoo, Michigan, uh, for a February 9th and 10th series against the Western Michigan Broncos at Lawson Ice Arena. Look, Western Michigan's a team we're very familiar with. We took a number of trips up there. The Broncos split last weekend. Uh, out at Magnus Arena against uh, Denver, so that was a, a good result for them. They uh, they put up a lot of goals in that Saturday night game uh, out at DU. Their bridge, they are sixteen nine and one overall, and seven nine and zero in conference play. Yeah, and uh, traditionally Western is pretty strong at home, but they're uh, about even on their home and road record this year, which is kind of surprising. They have the Lawson Lunatics, which is their student section, which. Uh, have some not G-rated chants that they direct at opposing players, especially those in the penalty box, which makes it a very lively atmosphere for visiting teams. And like you said, we've experienced that ourselves personally in the past. And uh, I can tell you there's uh, some new and transfer Mavs that have uh, quite the eye-opening road trip ahead of them. Yeah, one of those old school barns, mostly bleacher seats. Uh, I think it was built in the 1970s, low ceiling, uh, kind of one of those great kind of, you know, Nixon era uh, venues. Uh, I know that there are potentially plans for them to move to a new arena, I believe in a, a development that's going on in a downtown Kalamazoo. So uh, Western Michigan is currently fifth in the NCHC with 25 points. UNO's in six with 21, so we're right behind them now after a good couple of weekends in that conference race, only four points behind them, and currently six points separates the third-place team in the NCHC from the sixth-place team uh, in the NCHC, so it's a real jumble there. Right now, Colorado College is in third, 
Denver is in fourth, which is hard to believe considering uh, the offensive firepower that they have. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's a battle right there for the third and fourth home spots uh, in the uh, NCHC uh, conference race. Uh, looking at the pairwise rankings, which we were talking about before, because ultimately beyond the conference playoffs, and we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but you know, UNO is the host school at the Sioux Falls Regional this year in the NCAA tournament. So if they get into the tournament, regardless of what seed they are, they will be in that uh, regional, which is very close to Omaha. I know if fingers crossed, if UNO was able to make it, a lot of fans would be up there cheering them on, supporting them on, which could be huge for the team. Omaha is currently 18th in the pairwise. Western is currently 11th. As I mentioned before, you need to be 13th, 14th, or higher in the pairwise rankings in order to get an at-large bid, considering uh, auto bids from some of the uh, some of the smaller, uh, weaker conferences uh, in the NCAA. Yeah, a real opportunity for Omaha this weekend, not just to move up in the NCHC standings, but with uh, favorable outcomes at Lawson to also potentially make that move up in the pairwise as well. Yeah, big opportunity here for the team to keep chipping away. Uh, WMU head coach Pat Fershweiler, who's at the helm of the Broncos, seems like a really good guy. Uh, we followed him on Twitter for years. I've watched a number of uh, the video clips and press conference deals that he has done. He is 65-36-3 and three in three seasons at Western. He has led the Broncos to the NCAA tourney the past two seasons. Fun fact. He coached with UNO assistant Dave Noel Bernier with the Grand Rapids Griffins and the Detroit Red Wings uh, during his career. So uh, I'm sure our associate head coach is uh, very familiar with uh, with uh, the leader of the Broncos. So Bridge, do you have any players that you're keeping uh, an eye on this weekend uh, up at Western Michigan? I sure do, John. Thanks for asking. Uh, so Western Michigan has three Hobie Baker candidates. Uh, who are all uh, very prolific goal scorers. You've got Dylan Went, who has 34 points. Uh, he scored his 21st goal in that matchup with Denver last weekend. Uh, you also have Sam Colangelo, who has 17 goals and 14 assists for the Broncos. And Luke Granger, who has nine goals and 28 assists. He's quite the setup guy for Western this year. And like I said, all three of them are on the Hobie Baker candidate list. Absolutely right. You know, this is a team that for the last, you know, several seasons has been known as an offensive juggernaut. They like to score goals. That's their game. So, uh, so should be very interesting in net former UNO recruit senior Camro has logged all the minutes in net uh, for uh, WMU this season, which is crazy to think about uh, in division one hockey and uh, in a tough conference like the NCHC, but he's logged, uh, all the time between the pipes, he has a 2.31 goals against average and a 0.912 save percentage. So should be a, a very interesting series for uh, UNO in the uh, rough and tumble confines uh, of Lawson Arena up there in uh, Kalamazoo. Camro has certainly been the stalwart goal for Western Michigan. He's one win away from 50 wins in his career, and he'd be just the fourth active player in the NCAA with 50 or more wins. So let's not give that to him uh, this particular weekend, but he's certainly going to be a key if he is in net for Western this weekend. 
Bridge, I've got to ask you, what's your prediction for this uh, road swing up in uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan? Do you think UNO is going to split? Do you think they're going to sweep? Do you think they're going to get swept? What do you think is going to going to happen in this key series uh, at Western? Boy, this one is a really tough one. Um, you know, I'd love to see Omaha go into Kalamazoo and just, you know, take all six points. But we know from experience how hard it is to play at Lost Dice Arena. So I'm going to say that the Mavs split with the Broncos. I think that uh, we lose a close one on Friday night and then uh, get a win on Saturday night. I would not be surprised if it's another one goal game. We've seen a lot of those this season from Omaha. And uh, that's, that's where I think that it'll shake out. What about you? I think it's going to be an interesting matchup to like you, I'm picking a split. Uh, I think it's going to happen a little bit differently. I think we're going to come in fired up after our big sweep uh, of UMD this last weekend. I think UNO is going to get off to a really good start on Friday night. I think Simon Lacozzi is going to have a good uh, performance in net. I think Saturday night is going to be one of those games that's actually going to end up being low scoring. It's going to be held down the stretch. You never know what will happen. I'm assuming we'll see Simon in net, but we might see Seth Isley depending on the outcome and what the goal differential is in that Friday night game. And then I think UNO ultimately ends up losing on uh, Saturday night. So I'm I'm picking the split, just the opposite of what you're picking, uh, just to be a little bit different. Uh, should be fun to see what happens. Uh, always uh, always an exciting uh Sighting series up there at uh, Western Michigan, a team that's going to be uh, in a scheduling pod with us uh, next season when uh, Arizona State joins the conference. So we're going to be seeing a lot of them the next couple of seasons. And it's going to be another top 20 tilt uh, this weekend. The Broncos have actually been ranked in the top 20 since October of 2021. And the Mavs have slowly and surely been creeping up in there. So should be a great weekend at Lost and Ice Arena. One thing that we didn't talk about, John, is uh, the Broncos are celebrating their 50th anniversary of varsity hockey this season. That is awesome. You're absolutely right. I did notice that logo on some of their uh, their uh, video clips uh, that they have on YouTube. So that is very, very cool. Uh, the games will be at 6 p.m. Omaha time this weekend, both nights. Uh, both games, of course, will be streamed on NCHC TV, and you can listen to the games on 1290 Coil here in Omaha, and you can listen anywhere on the Varsity Sports app. Uh, of course, Mike Balancourt and Terry Leahy will have the call bridge. And as always, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook, where we will have updates uh throughout both of those games and you can find links uh, to all of our social media on mapuck.com as well as links to back episodes of the map podcast but until next time bridge go mavs go mavs